Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Emotional Mastery with Rochelle, the new and improved podcast, formerly Soul Healing Podcast. Today, I have some big topics to cover, so we're just going to dive right in. Something that's been coming up for me a lot lately, I started reading a book called, I think it's called Healing the Mother Wound about couple months ago, kind of been rotating between a few books, but it really talks about this mother wound that as women, we carry, specifically as women that we carry. And it's not just about, you know, our specific mother. It's about like the collective. It's about our, almost our resistance to getting close to other women. I, at one point, I believe it was in that book, The Power of Now also talks about the collective, the female collective, and why we are actually closer to enlightenment. Gets a little bit into detail about that specifically because of this pain body that we carry from women collectively, right? But it talks about when we have our cycle, when we have our period, our moon cycle, the quote unquote PMS that we feel. Yes, it's hormonal, all that stuff, but it's also activates within us this emotional pain that is carried from our ancestors, right? It's carried from the collective of women, the collective of the pain that we've experienced as women. And so when this comes up in us and people are, you know, it's always easy for men to be like, oh, what are you PMSing? Whatever, I've heard that before. But it's important as women to understand that yes, this is an emotional response due to our period, due to hormonal things that are going on. And typically if you are you're a woman and you have a cycle, you are being affected by the moon, which is why, you know, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I believe if you have not had children, it might be the new moon that you tend to get your period around. Or if you do have children, it tends to be the full moon. I noticed that I did get, I did get some, I have an IUD, so I don't often get my period, but I do notice I feel a lot more emotional around the full moon. So I've started tracking that. And I believe that that's my cycle is around the full moon. Regardless, the emotions that we get, it's important to know that as women, this is the collective pain. This is the pain from women. It's not just like, oh, I'm moody and I'm emotional because I'm on my period. This is a collective pain. And especially when we look at the mother wound, it's not just like, there's no blaming and shaming here, right? I notice even with my daughter, when something's wrong with her, instead of discussing the emotions that she's feeling, she always blames someone else. It's like, well, so-and-so, usually her brother, won't let me do this, or so-and-so is acting like this, and -and so-and-so is doing this. And so I ask her, I'm like, well, okay, let's take that person out. Like, what are you feeling, right? To understand, because a lot of times we do, we do, we project our feelings onto others, specifically the ones that are closest to us. I know that I was in this victim mindset for a long, long time, and especially With a wide split, with a human design wide split, it's easy to victimize. It's easy to blame the other. But it's really important to ask ourselves the hard questions like, what am I feeling and why, right? Is it around the moon cycle, right? Is this my pain or is this someone else's pain? When we meditate, if you you do meditate, we can clear our chakras, right? We can go through and clear our chakras of this pain. We can cut cords. There's a lot that we can do. And this is why the work is so, so important. Because just being born as a woman and just being born in general, right? We have this ancestral trauma. We have this ancestral pain. And the Human Genome Project proves that, you know, we hold within our genes this pain from seven generations past. So literally, we in our DNA is coded this emotional pain from family members seven generations ago. So, you know, you may be raised in the perfect family, in the perfect life, picture perfect, you know, and you feel angry or you feel sad or you feel depressed or you feel anxious. And there's a lot of things that we can do in our life, right? In our lifestyle, we can move, we can meditate, we can eat the food, like really good food for our body. And all this stuff is excellent. It really, really, really helps. And, but this is also why doing this work on a daily basis is so, so important. It's not easy. It's really not easy. And, you know, for a long time, I blamed my issues on someone else, right? I blamed my issues on my mom. 
I blame my issues on the relationships I was in. All of these were lessons that I was supposed to be learning in this lifetime, right? I have an undefined G-center. So my direction, my purpose, my love of myself was always dictated, not dictated, influenced by those defined G-centers around me, right? That's not to say that I, the, the wisdom and the beauty in that is that I get to taste it, right? I get to sample it. I get to understand what they're feeling. I get to understand how they, what their direction is, what their purpose is, what their self-love is, right? And if you have a defined G-center, you're here to give love. If you have an undefined center, you're here to, to receive love, right? So there's this give and take, but when we are very unaware and we're not, when we don't have that awareness and that consciousness, it can be really easy to slip into the shadow side of that. And just because you have a defined center doesn't mean that you don't sit in the shadow of that, right? Like you can have conditioning in your defined centers. You can be in the shadow of those defined centers. And especially if you are undefined and you're growing up in a home where people are don't have awareness in those centers, you can take that on too. And again, that's not to blame anybody outside of ourselves, right? We are in control. I had this beautiful reminder today. I was listening to the Almost 30 podcast and I can't remember her name was Milana and she was on there and she was talking about the stories that we tell ourselves, right? The stories that define us. And it's literally, we have created these stories, right? Because we've accepted them as our own. And so in turn, we've created them. And it was such a powerful and like aha moment. It's like all these things that I tell myself, all these stories that I've allowed to define me, they're literally stories I am telling myself, right? I've taken what someone said. Maybe it's four people that said it. Maybe it's five. And maybe it's the same person that said it over and over and over. And like, kind of like, oh my gosh, the saying has completely escaped my mind. But it's like when we're told something enough times, right, it, it does become a reality because we take that story on as our own and we don't have to, right? Like we do have control to change that story, to rewrite that story. Not saying it's easy. It's definitely not easy. I was meditating after that. It really inspired me to journal and just try and understand it because I've been facing a lot of blocks lately. And when I, as so many of us do, right, we hit this point where it's like change or fall back into comfort. The discomfort of that change is powerful because we're so used to the story we've been told. We're so used to the story that we've created, the person that we are, right? We're so used to the who our loved ones and family and friends see us as that if we let go of those stories that we've told ourselves and actually allow the, the person that we are to come forward, that's really scary because it defies what everybody around us, everybody that cares about us perceives us as, right? Like if I let go of the victim story of, of you know, the toxic relationships that I've been in, if I've kind of let that go and stepped into my power... It's scary, right? Because it's like, well, what then? Like, I, I know deep down who that person is. But it's like, when that person comes out in the world, there is going to be friction, right? There is going to be conflict of some sort, because the people around me that see me in everyday life aren't used to that person. So especially when you're in unhealthy relationships, setting boundaries, there's going to be resistance, cutting cords, there's going to be resistance, right? Because typically, when we cut cords, it's not just from this lifetime, it's from past lifetimes, too. So I've had a long journey of finding myself for, gosh, 31, let's say, 32 years of my life. Like, I did not know who I was, 31 years. I'm going on, like, four years of this journey, and there are days where I feel really frustrated, and I'm just like, I don't know if I've grown at all, right? There are some days that I just fall so back into that victim mindset, or I'm like, I feel so much that it makes me feel like I haven't progressed at all. But Actually, when we do feel stuck, when we do feel that because of the awareness that I have in those moments, like I know what's happening. I know I allow myself to feel now. I allow myself to observe what's happening rather than becoming what's happening, which is not easy. And I know I say that. And when I used to hear people talk about that, I was just like, yeah, it must be so easy for them. They've been doing this work for X, Y, Z years. And it's true, right? Like you have to 
reach. And it doesn't have to take that long, right? Everybody's journey is different, but it's having that awareness and having that growth and knowing that in the times that we feel stuck, that's the times that we can really learn and grow and change and shift, right? We can really see those lessons that maybe have been repeated over and over and over that we haven't quite gotten yet, right? Because these affect us, which affect our relationships. And one thing that I do now is like, especially when I'm emotionally activated, I really pay attention to where that is in my body. And I visualize a grounding cord. So I visualize, underneath, I close my eyes, I visualize I'm sitting on the earth. And then I, from the core of the earth, I visualize a string that comes up and connects to my root chakra. And then I visualize my grounding cord coming down from that. I personally visualize a tree trunk. I don't know if it's Taurus energy in me. That just feels really grounding. It feels really safe. It feels really good. It feels really sturdy, right? And so then I pay attention to where I'm feeling this in my body and I just release it into the earth. And I always take, and I also, along with that, I take down source energy and I give it to the earth too, because I don't want to give it the negativity and not give it some light too. But the earth, mother nature, she knows what to do with it. So this is something that I do that really helps me release some of that pain. But it's also not to say that I don't feel it. I allow myself to fully feel it. I allow myself to process it. I allow myself to kind of understand what's going on. I journal on it. And then I sit in meditation and I release it. Because in this moment, right, we have the choice. We have the choice of, is this story going to become a reality? Are we going to hold on to this or are we going to release it? We all have choice, right? We have, in every single moment, we have choice. We we can control our reality. We can control the I. The higher self has control over the mind, body, and emotions. We also create that reaction in our mind, body, and emotions, right? So it's like when Master Ko always says, the I creates those things, right? We are the mover of the body. We are the thinker of the thoughts. We are the feeler of the feelings. So we've created that, but we have the power to turn it off too. So now I really work towards before I say my past life, this past life version of myself, I spent so long looking for validation outside of myself, right? If somebody else thought I was worthy, then I was worthy, regardless of how I felt. Somebody else wanted me to do something. Well, I had to do that thing because that would make me worthy, right? The fear of abandonment, the fear of rejection, but it never felt right for me. So now when I feel those, because I had 31 years of responding to things like that, it's still my initial reaction, right? If I'm in a romantic relationship with someone or I in a friendship or it's really hard, it still is difficult for me to set boundaries, but I take a step back and I come back into my knowing. First of all, I always give myself time now, right? Because I know I have emotional authority. I know I'm an emotional being. I know I need to like sift through that and understand what I'm really feeling. I know I need time to meditate. I know I need time to journal. So I do take those that time for myself now, especially when I'm feeling triggered instead of telling someone on the spot, like, yes, I can do that or, or acting out or anything. I give myself the time and the space. I pay attention to my triggers you know, like, what is it telling me? Why am I feeling like this? Especially if somebody says something that's got me all completely activates my emotional body, right? Then I'm like, okay, what do I need to look at right now? What do I need to look at in this relation or in this moment? Why do I feel unworthy? Why do I feel like I'm not good enough? What is, is it the fear of rejection, right? And remembering that my worth isn't set in somebody else's opinion of me because the way that they perceive me is their perception, right? I can't live for others anymore. I did that for a long, long time. I can't do that anymore because it devalues me. It brings my worth down. It makes me feel unworthy when I know that I'm the only one that can define that, right? I'm the only one that can make that my reality. So I have to give myself what I am looking for in others, right? So if I want somebody to take me out one night, 
and it doesn't happen. That activates my emotional body, right? That makes me feel rejected. That makes me feel unworthy. That makes me feel unloved. And then it's like, okay, why don't I just take myself out, right? Like I don't need somebody else to do that for me. What is the thing that I need to give myself right now, right? Maybe it's meditating. Maybe it's taking a bath. Maybe it's taking myself out for dinner. Maybe it's reading a book, you know, it's, it's feeling it and understanding what that is. And I think that's the key. I think so many times we feel something so intensely and it takes over and we can't really even sift through what, what we're feeling. And I know like for me, I have my moon in the 12th house, which really makes my emotions and my feelings and put in making sense of that. It's kind of hidden from me. Right. And so I do take the extra time to really like sift through that and journal and understand what I'm feeling. And then I sit with it for a minute in all of the discomfort and all of the pain and all of the beauty. Right. Cause I, there's a duality in everything. And I think the pain that we feel, the emotions that we feel, the intensity that we feel them is beautiful and it's painful. It's magical at the same time, right? Because it's really, our emotions are information for us. But the trick is not becoming them. And that's the hard part, right? It's not easy. And we do, like when I think about what holds me back in life, I have noticed I've had quite a few big blocks are coming up lately and I'm trying to sift through them and I've, I know that they're all connected, right? There's one underlying key block that is affecting my relationships, that is affecting my finances, that is affecting me stepping into my power, right? It's one key underlying block. And I truly do believe that it's this fear that if I'm not the me right now that everybody thinks I am, and I shed that, right? If I let go of all of those stories I've built up over all of these years, right? If I let go of the trauma, if I let go of the pain, if I let go of all of that stuff, right? Like, who am I? And that's really the ego. That's the ego attaching itself. Because when we look at like what we surround ourselves with, the stories that are around us, the people that are around us, everything like we ingest, right? When we talk about food, it's like, yeah, it's really important to understand like what food you're putting in your body, but the things that you put in your environment, right? The things that you put in your mind, all of that is just as powerful, So I used to watch or I used to listen to crime podcasts and I think it's fascinating because of course, like I said, we are duality. So it's like the deep and the dark and and the insane kind of stuff like really is is fascinating because it's, we all have it in us, right? We all, we, everyone has that in them. So it's, it is fascinating, but I did notice when I was consuming that or when I watch a scary movie, it really takes me to that place, right? Right. And so it's really important to be aware of like the people that are in your life and their attitudes. And it's, you know, when we, when we look about our growth and they say the five people you surround yourself with are, are very telling of, of your mindset or where you can go and your growth and your success and stuff like that. So it's, it's important to have people that are quote unquote higher than you do the quotes because I think we're all equal, but who have reached a certain level of awareness that maybe you're achieving for. But there's also important to keep people, if you think of a ladder, right? If you think of like a table, if you're standing on a table and you're trying to pull someone up, the chances are they're going to pull you down, right? But if you have somebody above that's holding on to you that you can, that is trying to pull you up and it's, you know, it it goes on. So we want people surrounding us that have reached a certain level of success that we're achieving for. And we want people around us that are trying to achieve a certain level of success that we're at. It's a give and take. So it's really important to look at that too and understand, you know, like I said, I'm really trying to have awareness around this fear this pain body that's like in me that I'm trying to work past and I see it in my everyday life in some of the people that I surround myself with too. So it's really, I'm blocking that. I'm journaling a lot. I always talk about journaling. 
And I always talk about witnessing the emotions, right? And we've touched on it here, but it's like, it can be hard to understand what that means because I know I, I'm, I was, I still am emotional, but I've mastered this part of my emotions, right? I, whenever I heard somebody talk about witnessing your emotions, observing your emotions, observing your body, observing your thoughts, I was just like, I don't know how you would even do that, right? Because like my emotions and my thoughts and all that would just like consume me. And I didn't understand like how to step back and how to get out of that, how to like pull myself away from that. And then it was my trip to Mexico and I did that shamanic healing and it was like something magic happened, right? Like I literally was able to witness and observe my emotions and my thoughts and it was so powerful and it was so amazing. And now it's like, I think what I was trying to do before was, was spiritual bypassing, right? It was just like, I was trying to not feel the thing anymore. And in doing that, I was trying to figure it out. And I felt like if I was feeling the emotion, then I wasn't reaching a certain level of awareness or consciousness, But you actually achieve that level of awareness and consciousness when you do feel it, right? When we witness it, when we know what we're feeling, we try and figure it out, but we don't try and stop the feeling. Because when we try and stop the feeling, it doesn't go away, right? It gets trapped somewhere in your body and it's going to come back up and it's going to come back up. It's going to come back up until you actually face it. And it doesn't have to be, I was afraid of anger for a long time. I thought the only way to process through my anger was to get angry. And it is to get angry, but it, it is in not stopping that anger. I've talked about it on here, I believe, um, but one of the most powerful instances or moments or evenings that I had was I was just, I was livid. I was really angry. And I don't ever like to take it out on anybody else that just triggers, that does trigger my my emotional pain and my trauma. And so I waited till I got home and I cried and I cried and I punched a wall and I bruised my hand and I took a bat and I beat, you know, hit my bed. My kids were sleeping. They were, or I don't even think they were here, but I knew it was a safe environment and I knew I knew I felt safe to release that. And I did release it. And I felt so much better after because I didn't try and stop it. I didn't try and suppress it. I didn't, you know, I, I fully allowed it. And that's the trick with emotions. And that's what I talk about witnessing in the emotion. It's understanding what you're feeling and knowing that you're feeling something and knowing that I always tell myself like what I'm feeling is just, it is my, my emotional body being triggered by something. And I watch it. I allow it to happen. I witness where in my body it's happening. I run through what happened leading up to it so that I can understand the series of events and I can understand like what happened and why it's happening. And then I process through it. I journal it. I feel it. Like I said, I cry if I have to cry. I get angry if I have to get angry. And then I meditate and I ground in and I release it. Once I know, once I feel like I've fully felt it. And especially too with my thoughts too, because I have a defined Ajna. You cannot tell me to shut off my mind. Like it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. I'm really learning with patience and practice. Like I'm getting moments, pockets of stillness during meditation, but I'm still not fully there. But that's another one. When I notice my mind's my mind like going off and and I really take note of what it is that I'm thinking and why and I watch it right I don't try and stop it if I can find pockets of stillness if I can sit there and allow it to kind of get quiet for a minute I allow that because I think you know that's obviously very helpful but I think the trick is just not stopping it and not trying to stop it and just allowing it to happen so that's kind of what's been coming up for me in the last week I'm like I said I'm really working to process through a lot of this. I'm really working to, when I was meditating today, after I was doing all that journaling, and I asked like, what is it? And I didn't even finish my sentence because, you know, our higher self always knows what we're going to ask. 
But my question was, what is it that I need to do to push through these blocks? And before I even finished my sentence, it was just so loud and it was so powerful. And I saw the word and I heard it. It was just action. Action. We can meditate and that's great. You know, we can work out and shift that around and that's great. We can eat the right things and that's great. But once we have awareness of what we need to change or once we have, right, all we can control this now moment, right? So right now, if I know I'm in a trigger, I need to set a boundary. What is that boundary? I need to set it, right? It's all good to like tell myself those things. And then not only do I need to set it, I need to follow through with it. And that's hard as hell. Like I'm not sitting here saying that it's a piece of cake and it's just, oh, just take action and just change things. Like that is scary. It is difficult. It is uncomfortable. And that's why a lot of us go back to the comfort. And it's not that you're going to overnight have this like realization of like, oh my gosh, I need to take action. Like that's, I know that's not what's going to happen for me, right? I have years and years and years of playing the people pleaser, right? Playing the good little girl that like the quote unquote good little girl that doesn't say anything, that doesn't speak up, that doesn't speak her voice, right? But like my conscious son (laughs) is in my throat. Like I am literally here to express myself. I am here to express my emotions, my inner knowing, like my throat. Like that is what I'm here to do. I'm here to speak. And I always felt that way. And I always felt this huge suppression in my throat. Like anytime I would get upset or anytime I was in a relationship where I wasn't allowed to speak, like that was really painful for me. My throat would literally hurt. Like, so like this podcast and having my Instagram platform and being able to speak with people and giving other people a voice for me is so healing and so powerful. And it's not to say that, you know, like there are certain situations that do trigger that still trigger that pain body. And I do find myself falling into comfort of just like, well, just be quiet. You don't want to rock the boat, you know? And I know, and I now know what is happening, right? Before I had no idea what was happening. I just thought that was expected. I just thought that's that's what I was supposed to do. That's who I was supposed to be. There was no other option. If there was another option, then I was bad. I was wrong. I wasn't worthy if I actually used my voice. Now I know that's bullshit. I know I'm here to speak. But there are moments when I have to step back and have awareness of what's happening. I just have to give myself some time to process through it and feel through it. And then the next time there's a new opportunity to speak up. And it's a slow progress, right? It's slow. I see myself taking more action. I see myself speaking up more. And it is slow and it's not overnight. Like I said, it's practice. It's it's continuing to do it like this podcast this is why this is so healing for me to come here and literally speak all the things that I want to say. So I will leave you with that. I always, 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 you know, journaling is huge for me. I was speaking to a friend recently and we were looking at my astrology chart and my Jupiter is conjunct maybe sextile with my mercury in the eighth and the 10th house so she was saying like literally for me i do need to speak things out i do like affirmations really work for me and it makes a lot of sense because i have always felt that i gain a lot of clarity by speaking out so for me personally i always talk about journaling everybody's different but i do think it's a great whether you do it talk to your phone right whether you write pen to paper which i love whether you write on your computer journaling is so therapeutic and it's so helpful in releasing those emotions and releasing all the things on paper that you want to release so i urge you if it feels good for you to journal if not maybe you have a, a good friend that you can talk things out through but just ask yourself in those moments or when you can reflect back on a trigger what is it telling you notice the things that like come up over and over and over and over again right like what what is that telling you what are you supposed to be learning from this and hopefully you'll gain some sort of clarity on that again i thank you so much for listening i look forward to talking to you next time if you feel called please rate review subscribe share email me get me on instagram at rochelle.christian everything's in the show notes i thank you so so much for listening until next time